Proverbs 22, verse 6, and I want to I lay some context because as much as I want to go into this, this is not the, 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 the totality of the message. There's, there's this snippet that I really have got to hit on to really get to the other part of the sermon. And so many of you have heard this and you've prophesied it over your kids. You've rebuked, you know, you've rebuked Satan using this scripture and you've used it. And, uh, but I want you to know uh, on, on, a, on a different scale that this, as much as this is about your kids and about your, your, your lineage and your legacy, this is about you. And it says this in Proverbs 22, verse 6. It says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. How many of you ever, you ever had your parent tell you that? You've had your parent speak that scripture over you when you were being stupid in college, and uh, you had a text sent with that scripture. But what I want, it actually, there's another verse in the God's Word says to train up your child. And so I believe that what I want to hit on is, is this point, though. It's not so much the train and the direct as much as it is, is that every child has a path. And you are a child. And every one of us have a path that from the moment God created you, the Bible says that before you were formed as your mother's womb, he knew you. So understand that before he knew you, he created a path for you. That already before you even came out of your mother, there was already a path waiting for you to step into. And it's the goal of the enemy to set up, and, and I, I sense this is whenever I was preparing for this, even this morning during worship, that, that I saw the enemy running up along front of your path, setting up a detour. It just says detour. There's not actually a detour. It's just there's a sign that says it. And I think that so many of us are, are becoming so much more uh, surrendered to what's in front of us than to the voice that's within us. That there is a path that God has for us. Now, this can apply to you as a parent that you should direct and you should train. But my, my point is this, is that I want you to understand is that you have a path. And you will never care about your children's path until you care about your own. And that God is asking us, do you care about the path that I have for you? Because it is my responsibility to walk out the path that God has for me. And understand that if I don't, Jaylee can't walk in hers. It is my assignment as her father. It is Alicia's job as her mother to care about the path that we're on so that our daughter can fulfill the path and the assignment that she's called to. And you have to understand that, that right now the enemy does not like the fact that you are becoming aware of the path that you have. That there is something significant for you to walk on. And regardless of, of the terrain that you have to walk through, it is your path. And I want you to understand that what it says here, it says direct or train. What is that saying? That's saying you have to be intentional. You've got to be intentional about the path that you're walking. You've got to be, you can't just be like, well, I mean, if I do it, I do it. If I don't, I don't. You will never discover and find out what God called you to do and what you have to do for the kingdom unless you're on the path that God has for you. And you have to be, this is my point I want you to understand, is that intentionality creates the path you're pursuing. Intentionality creates the path you're pursuing. What are you intentional about? Are you intentional about racking up your 401k? Are you intentional about being a successful business person, being a, a, a stay-at-home mother? What are you intentional about? Because this is the point, is that we can get detoured by a wrong intention. If we have a wrong intention, then the enemy allows us to detour because of the intention. And you and I have to be intentional about the path that we have. Because if, you, if you're intentional, then what happens is whenever something comes up, he says, that doesn't align up with my pathway. So therefore, that cannot be appealing. The more intentional you are with God's pathway, the less appealing things of the world will be. I could say that again. 
right? See, the world is set up to become a system to create appetites. And I shared this a little bit before, but how many of you know that whatever you were raised in created an appetite? It could be perversion, it could be food, it could be whatever. Whatever it is, whatever you were raised up in, your parents created an appetite. It is my assignment to create an appetite for Jaylee to sense the presence of God, to desire the will of God, to walk out that path. And it's up to me to help create that. The actual word train up means to do this. It means to dedicate, to make narrow the choices and manners and habits. So in other words, as the world says, oh, be what you want to be, do what you want to do, the Holy Spirit says, no, I want you to be directed by exactly what I'm asking you to do, to have the habits and the manners and the choices that line up with my pathway that I have for you, right? And so what happens is that we grow up and we just say, well, this is just who I am, and we never think that we've got to be able to to redirect some of the habits that we have as individuals. There are habits, there are choices, there are manners that I have in my life right now that are going to ultimately affect Jaylee's course. If I don't change my tone, Jaylee could be raised up having a tone, and it could help detour some of the things, some of the favor that could be on her life because of her tone. Dear Jesus, pray for her. Right? So so there's things what I want you to do is I want you to not have to take responsibility for where we're at So that we can get where God is wanting to take us. God is wanting to take us to a certain place. But sometimes we aren't willing to allow God to to redirect and to reshape and to reform who we are. That we just say, well, it's just who it is. This is my pathway. It's just set before me. It's not saying that it's just obvious and it's just easy. There are going to be things that you're going to have to struggle through. That you're going to have to make things, some things narrow. Right now we have a a culture that says it's just do whatever you want. Be whatever you want. I heard, I heard something the other day that somebody was saying that, you know, we've talked about transgender. This was talking about now that this person, they were no longer a, a male or female. They wanted to be data. They wanted to be like data, like in a computer. And th- my point is this, is that the world will make a path as wide as you can dream or imagine, but that doesn't lead to your destiny. You have to know that the world is out to try to keep you detoured, to try to keep you Focused on everything else but your assignment, your path, the thing that God gave his life for so that you could fulfill. And you have to understand that knowing that the enemy is not for me. The enemy is not saying, hey, like, let me help you find your path. He is doing everything he can to create an appetite. See, the problem with the enemy is he knows your appetites. He knows what we crave. He knows what we long for. He knows that if it's success, you'll do anything for success. So if I put success on the side of your path... You'll leave it. If you just, I mean, I know you're desperate for a relationship, so I'll put a dude here that's got nice biceps. And hey, right? My my point is, is what does it take to get you off your path? What does it take for you to be lured away from the God assignment that he has for you? So you have to say, not in my house. In my house, the most important thing is me living and walking out the pathway that God has for my life. And you've got to know that this is the very thing that God is calling me into. And so that looks good. I would have loved to, but deuces, I got a path to fulfill. I got a plan and a purpose and something significant on the inside of me that I've got to accomplish. Because you have to understand that there are people tied to your path. 
There are people that are connected to the very thing that you're walking on that you think is no big deal, that it's just you. But there's a little three-year-old walking behind following me. There's, there's somebody maybe that you haven't even conceived yet that is on their way to coming into flourishing. And you better make sure you're on your path so that they can fulfill their destiny. Amen? See, I think what we do is we have this tendency to be born again and to become this Christian. We go to church and we go to church and we go to church and we just wander along thinking, well, I'll just finally wind up on my path. You never will finally just wander into your path. You have to be led by the Spirit. And I think that the enemy would love to just keep you wandering. And some of you have been wandering too long. Not wandering, wandering aimlessly through life, just saying, well, I just, I'll, I'll just figure out something. God, I think the most dangerous thing that we can do as believers is wander. I believe what happened, what happened with the Israelites? They wandered in the desert, and they wasted 40 years of their life because of wandering a path, not knowing and not being obedient, and not willing to step out in a faith to believe God, that he was taking them out of something that was necessary in bringing them into something that was significant. And you can miss your significant moment because of something that you don't fully have a revelation of. Don't get quiet on me. See, see, the path must be, it must be a priority for you and I to find it. You can't wander onto your path. It has to be a priority that I am in pursuit of what God has for me. That I want to fulfill whatever it is that God has for me because I know that whatever it is, it is the will of God. And it may be you walking into a desert and having to say, not my will but yours, just like Jesus. That was his path. And I want you to know that you're going to have to have some not my wills but yours along your path. That if you're going to accomplish the things that God has for you, it's going to have to be able to be said, not my will but yours. Because my will does not take me through terrain that I would have that, that I have to go through that, that, that are on the other side of my path. There are rocks. There are things that I have to sometimes get through. And my will would say, no, I'll just reroute. I'll redirect. But God is saying, no, I need you, not my will. Not my will, but yours, God. I'm willing to do whatever I've got to do to take over this terrain and climb whatever I've got to climb. Go to depth depths of, of whatever valley, climb whatever mountain I have to do, whatever I have to put my physical body and my emotions and my, my desires through, I'm willing to do it because not my will, but yours. Is God a priority right now for the pathway that you're pursuing? Is it just, I mean, oh, I'll just, I'm going to show up at each church and see what, the word, uh, see what the Lord has for me, and then I'll show up to another church next week. I'm going to live my life random. God has something so much more significant than you, for you than random. God has this destiny and this purpose for you, but you have to desire it. You have to crave it. You have to want it. The path, see, I believe that there's a scripture that says it in, in another version. It says it in a way that they should go. How many of you know that there's a big difference between should and would? A lot of us, it's like, well, I, I, it's just wondering. It's just like the bias of our heart determines where we go. But God is not, how many of you know then the Bible also talks about the danger of our heart, that our hearts can be deceiving. And this is why we end up wandering is because it was like, well, I'll just go that way. It's a would instead of a should. Should reassures and brings confidence and security into knowing, okay, I know when I get up to that point, there's a why, there's an intersection. I know 100% I'm supposed to take a right. And that right does not look as easy as the one on the left. But not my will, but yours. 
And there are things that you're going to come up against to fulfill the path that God has for you. And you have to be willing to say, not my will, but yours. You're going to have to be willing to say, okay, I should go this way. I would go that way, but God is saying you should go this way. The amazing thing about God is God has this grace lane that when we get off the wrong place, he allows grace to be entered into our lives and allows us to get back on at another place. I don't recommend it, but God does have an on-ramp when you get off. And I think of a lot of this as I was just thinking about it, meditating on that, that a lot of times our path is much like an interstate, and on the interstate there are feeders, right? You can get off and you can run down the strip of the, the side of the interstate, and along it are convenience stores and grocery stops and coffee and all of these things that appeal to our flesh, right? And it's our jobs to go from one place to the next, but we have these things called feeders that lure us away. And it's like, well, I do need a coffee. I mean, I do need that kind of whatever, that fix. And we spend so much time on the feeder, never getting where God is calling us to. It's like, oh, man, but this is great. How many of you know that it's better to fulfill your assignment than it is to be occupied with something non-necessary? So many of us are, we so, are so fulfilled by, I mean, I got to watch that TV show. I got to, oh, we won't go there right now, right? I just got to, I got to, I got to, I got to do this. And I got to, and we have so many things that interfere with the path that God has for us. But you have to make your path a priority. You're never going to wander up on your destiny. I mean, you're never going to wander up to the summit of your purpose and say, I arrived just happened to climb this mountain, and it was the one. It's not going to happen. Because obedience is required to fulfill the thing that God is calling you into. Look, the path, the path is guided with your life. It's not your words. See, a lot of times I could tell Jay Lee something. I could say, hey, Jay, you know what? You need to do this. But Jay doesn't do what I say. Jay Lee does what I do. And so many of us are... are are, are allowing our words to be what we guide people with. And we say, oh, man, you should. How many of you know you've given way better advice than you've applied? Right? That's what we do, right? It's like, oh, you should do this. You should step out in faith. Well, when's the last time you stepped out in faith? When's the last time you've been on your path doing what God asked you to do? Because it's way easier to use your words than it is your life. And God is saying, when are you going to start using your life to navigate people on their path? When are you going to start using your life to help other people find their path? Amen. So, so Matthew seven thirteen, I want to read. Because I believe that we have a tendency to, to make a highway where there's supposed to be a pathway. This is what it says. Matthew 7, 13. There it is. All right. So, so you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Okay. We have a problem here because it says only. Oprah was wrong. Church, I want you to know. There is only one way. All right. There is only one gate. There is only one way into the kingdom of God. There is only one way into your path. It is through Jesus Christ. And it is in Jesus Christ that as you enter into that gate, you find him. And then it goes on and says, the highway to hell is broad. See, this is the problem with most of our paths is we want a smooth, paved road. And your purpose and your plan is on dirt. It's on something that has a little bit more rock and a little bit more terrain that you and I do not prefer as people. And then it goes on and it says, and its gate is wide for 
for the many who choose, there, for there are many who choose that way. My question for you is how wide is your path? Because notice it says a narrow gate. And this is why I believe it says a narrow gate. Because I believe we're supposed to enter in with nothing but ourselves so that we can see the provision that God has on the other side of the gate. You and I would never know the provision and the things that God has for us if we were to enter with all of our emotional baggage and all of our relationships and we're dragging it in and we got all of our stuff and we get to that gate and we say, well, this is the only way you can get in is just you. And most of us get to that place where we're like, but, but, but I need this stuff. And you think you need a lot of things to fulfill the path that God has for you. And God is saying, no, you need to let all of that stuff go. You need to step through the path and you need to be able to see how I can provide for you. Because there is things that I have for you that you did not have, that you do not have access to unless you allow yourself to go through the gate by yourself. And some of you are just going to have to walk through this gate by yourself. You can't have the comfort of your emotions and the comfort of those relationships and the comfort of that money and the comfort of that success. Sometimes you just got to walk through that path and say, God bless you. I'm provided by my Savior. He's good. Is God good or is he not? If he's good, then we have to trust him and we have to be willing to step up to the gate and say, all right, I'm willing to walk through by myself. I'm willing to trust him. And God is wanting to get us to the place that do we all want our path. We all want to fulfill this thing that God has for us. We all are aching. The world is sick because of trying to fulfill their destiny. They don't know how to get there. They're trying to do it through all the different things that the world is giving them options. The highway, the road, the big road, the wide gate. And they're doing everything they can to fulfill. And I wonder, I wonder how many people would be much more willing to walk through a narrow gate if you would. I wonder how many people would be much more willing to walk through and step into their bath if we were willing to do that. People are looking at us in our cubicles, and we're working, and we're doing things, and we're saying, well, I mean, God, I just can't do that. And they're not seeing your faith activated, and we're expecting them to walk on their path. But God is saying, when will you be the example? When will you set the course and you walk the path first so that they can follow the direction that you've taken? See, I believe that's a temptation for us, that we have to be really careful to not put on somebody else what we're not willing to walk through. Right? See, Proverbs 14, 2 says this. It says, those who follow the right path fear the Lord. Those who take the wrong path despise him. I went through all of Proverbs as I was studying this, and I was blown away at how many times God uses the word path. I mean, 25 to 30 times probably he's talking about our path. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge God in all your ways, and he will direct your path. I mean, it's, it's endless because how many of you know God is trying to prove a point? He's trying to say, look, there is something for you to walk on. There is something for you to fulfill. And you have to care more about the path that I have for you than what everybody else is doing around you. Now, you can look and you can get lost in the ideas and the things that everybody else has and know that, look, just because they have stuff does not mean that they're on their path. And this is the thing I love what it says is those who follow the right path fear the Lord. This is not a fear where he's like standing with a, a bow and arrow and if you move he's going to take you out. 
This is the fear that is it's like as if you had a professional guide telling you, hey, when we get up here, we're doing whitewater rafting. When we get up here, you have to make sure to lean to your right because if you don't, the boat will flip and we'll all die. It's that kind of fear. It's the reverence of knowing whatever you say, guide, you know what we're talking about, so I'm willing to listen to you. And this is what he's talking about. He's saying, do you fear the Lord? Do you fear so much that you would miss the mark if you don't listen to me? To, to, to not fear God is to despise his wisdom. See, where you, will, where you are, it will always be the result of what you honor. The path that you're on right now is the result of what you honor. It's the result of what you fear. It's the result of what you're willing to listen to. Some of you, you don't like your path. You need to change what you listen to and what you honor. You have to change what you allow in your life. You have to allow whatever is trying to be the, mo- the largest influence in your life to change and to help redirect you. See, I believe that your path is a direct reflection of the correction you accept. I know this is where we lost everybody last time. Because how many of us humans love correction? Said no one ever. But I want you to know that correction is necessary for your path. As much as you and I don't like to be told what to do, and let me just tell you, Jaylee, my little daughter, is a professional negotiator. So if you ever need help, just let me know. Uh, she will get you anything you want. You need a million dollars from the bank because you supposedly deposited a check, she'll negotiate it for you. And this is what we do a lot of times with God, is we have become professional negotiators with God in his path. But, but God, but like, I mean, I mean, I'm willing to go there, but could you bring it and make it a little bit more comfortable? Could you do this? Could you do this? And before you know it, you've spent two years of your life negotiating a path that there's only one way. There's only one thing you can do. And you spent your entire life trying to negotiate to the God who knows the end from the beginning. And all you know is past and present. Negotiations don't get you anywhere. Like he's going to correct you. He's going to tell you take a right when you want to go left. Go up when you want to go down. Spin around when you don't want to do anything. This is what it says, people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. Look, if you don't want to fulfill your path and you don't want to fulfill your assignment, then stop listening to him. But if you want to fulfill the pathway that God has for you in your house, because understand that every decision that I make affects not only my, my daughter, but it affects my wife. Everything that I do affects them. I've, I've read newspaper after newspaper after pastor making, and this one, moral failure, and this one, moral failure, and this one, moral failure. Every decision you make affects those beside you. That the decisions that you make have a direct effect to the people behind you. I don't want a shortcut, not that my daughter can't do whatever she's called to do because I believe that God has a grace that's big enough for her, but I believe it can affect her having the faith to step out in an area because I didn't have the faith. And God is asking us, will we believe, will we step out in the things that he has for us? Look, your path will never be pain-free. I know we all signed up for yes to Jesus, and he took all of our pain and punishment and all of those things. But the Bible says, be of good cheer. You, if you will go through trials and tribulations, be of good cheer, for I have overcome it. The Bible says, 
count it all joy as you go through various trials and tribulations, for it is the building of your faith. Right? There is no pain-free pathway. It's just not going to happen. I want to show you a couple of slides this morning of a, a trip that I took this week. I had no intention on showing or even knowing that this would be playing a part in it. But this week I climbed a mountain in Colorado. And I think that a lot of us have this perception of our path. And I want to show you this first picture. Check it out here. That a lot of us think, oh, yeah, this is just, I mean, it's smooth, it's obvious, it's great. I mean, there's not much terrain. It's good. And I think that we all have this perception when we said yes to Jesus that that's what it looks like. But I want you to know that that, that is not the true picture of your purpose and the pathway that God has for you. This is another picture that I took as we reached the summit. And uh, those are three and four foot tall rocks that you have to climb over. And there's edges and there's risks and there's things you could fall off of and you could become, you could become, I mean, you could die. But that's part of the path to get to the summit. And then there's this other picture that it was all nice and smooth, but an avalanche happened. And it pushed down all of those trees right over the path. And that, that I want you to know that there are some times that things happen in life. And it doesn't mean that your path is still not supposed to be taken. Now, so many times we're like, oh, well, that happened, so I guess I'm just, no, we, we just climbed over trees, and we made our path, and we cleared the way, and we did it, and we got to the summit. My point is, is this, is that so many times we have a perception of a pathway. We have this perception of where God is taking us, and God is saying, well, you do whatever it takes to get to the summit of your destiny. That, that it is not just about you doing a few, I mean, I've got to be honest, there was, there was moments where I wanted to quit and stop and give up. But what pushed me was knowing what was at the top. Seriously, there were moments when I was like, I'm done. Like, I thought I was in shape about deuces. And then I would look up and I would say, but man, to be able to say I climbed this mountain would be amazing. For you to be able to say that you fulfilled the call of God on your life is going to be amazing. And you have to be willing to push through the pain, to push through the, the difficulty, to push through the unknown, to push through and to climb over and to go under and to do what you've got to do to fulfill your destiny. Look, this is the deal with pain. Pain provides wisdom. And most of us... If you don't go through the pain, you don't have the wisdom to take the next steps in the path that God is calling you into. That God allows the pain in our lives to be something that produces the wisdom and the knowledge that we need to be aware of the next thing that we come up to on the path. So many of us are trying to avoid these, these things of pain, but it's the very thing that God is giving you as a resource to help you be able to have the knowledge and the wisdom that you need to do what he's called you to do. There's, path, there's a scripture that says in Proverbs 16, 25, it says, There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. And my, my biggest fear as a pastor and as a person helping you walk out your thing is to think that you're on the right path. To think that you're good because you're a good person. Because you came to church. The Bible says that there were many people who did many works in my name, that they knew me, they prophesied, they healed the sick. But he says this, I never knew you. And I believe that you can only fulfill the path that God has for you by you knowing his voice. 
Because without you knowing him, then you assume this is the direction I'm supposed to go. I'm not supposed to do I'm just following this path aimlessly. But when you know his voice, you know whether to take a right or a left, up or down, turn around, whatever it may be. Reroute. We never get mad at a GPS when it redirects, when it lets us know that we've made a wrong turn. We never like, I mean, why did they even create? We appreciate the fact that it's letting us know we've missed our turn. Don't get mad when God tells you you've missed your turn. Allow him to lead you and guide you and say, look, you just got to redirect. You just missed it. You can just make a U-turn and get right back on. It's cool. And that will cost you maybe three minutes. But if you want to keep going and be stubborn, like I'll just find, I'll just wait till it recalculates and gives me another one. Oh, that's a two-hour detour. Good job. This is what we do with our lives. In the natural, we don't. We, we, we turn around. But in the spirit, it's like, well, God will just figure it out for me. Quit making the Holy Spirit work so hard to help you get on your path. I mean, his angels are tired. You got one of your angels that's missing like half a wing. Because you're just like, I just want to live however. Right? Psalms 37, 23 says this. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Gosh, I love that. You realize that God is more about giving you the details of your path than you are. It says he delights in giving you the details. You think that God is just trying to drive around and lead you in the dark. But God delights in giving you the details. You just have to be willing to trust him. See, your path is only as secure as the details. Your trip, if you were to take a trip, your trip is only secure. It's only as secure as the details you have about the trip. If you don't have any details, you don't have any direction. And so many of us are trying to find our path without direction because we won't get the details. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. Look. If you're his, he will give you the steps. If you're not his yet, become his and let him give you the steps. There is a pathway before each and every one of us. And it is our temptation to try to live on somebody else's path. It is our temptation to see how successful and how great somebody else's life is going and say, well, I'll just do that. But your path and my path lead to two different places. Because what I'm called to do and what you're called to do are two very different things. Don't miss the thing that God has for you because you don't have a full revelation of what he's doing through you. I close with this. That as we were there, there's, as you climb mountains, there's these points where the mountains get, the trails get so, like, clouded and you can't tell where you're going it's all like a big jumble of rocks and you cannot tell where the path is they set these things called up called cairns and what they are is there's these stacks of rocks and as you go through the trail when you're wherever there's a cairn that's where you know okay you're on the trail and this is where you're supposed to go and I wanted to tell you I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to tell you this this morning that that I want you to know that there is a cairn that lives inside of you and his name is Holy Spirit 
that look, you may not know where you're going, you may not have the full direction, you may not have it all figured out, but there is a Karen that's on the inside of you, and he knows every step, every detail of your life, and if you will trust the Karen on the inside of you, he will lead you and he will guide you into everything that he has for you. But you have to trust the Karen on the inside of you. You have to trust this little pile of rocks that does not look significant. You have to trust the details that God is saying, look, I need you to take a right right here. I need you to go up that path. I know it looks steep, but I need you to get there because of what's on the other side of it. See, I believe most of us right now are taking our, we're, our path is being carved out or our path is being maneuvered through fear or faith. Right now, you are allowing whatever you're moving in, whatever you're doing in your life is being contingent on fear or faith. I'm living my path based on fear and the assumptions of whatever may happen or the certainty of what I know that I heard because the Karen said to turn right. And I challenge you to not allow assumptions to define the path that God has for you. I challenge you to believe God that he is bigger, that he knows more, that he is more secure and he's more desiring for you to fulfill the path than you are. And that you would say, you know what? Not in my house. In my house, we, we will stay on the path that God has for us as difficult as it may be. We're going to believe you and we're going to contend for whatever it is, whatever obstacle, whatever challenge I may come against. I'm willing to do that. That in my house... This is what I'm willing to do. This is what I'm willing to endure. If you would stand with me as we close this morning. I'm going to read a scripture as I close. And it says this, Proverbs 5.21. It says, for the Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every path he takes. That to me is comforting. Because what it tells me is that God is already before me before I've even gotten there. That he is examining the path. So if he's told me to go this way, he's already out in front of me making sure that the things that, are, that the enemy may be trying to bring into my life are out of it. And that it, that it still may require faith, but that he's ahead of me examining the path looking for the obstructions of the enemy, looking for the things that may be in the front, that may be clouding it and maybe creating fear where there wasn't supposed to be fear, that he's in the front of my life examining the path that he has for me. This morning, I want you to know that God is examining the path before you, that there is nothing that you're going to have to endure or face unless he permits it. Unless he allows and he desires for you to climb over that four-foot mountain or that four-foot rock, you're not going to have to do it. He will move that sucker out of the way if he sees necessary. He examines the path for us. You have a path. God desires to see you fulfill it. I know there are many of you in here this morning. You've, you've been beating your own path. You've been cutting down the trees. You've been doing everything you can in your own strength to try to make this path. And God is saying, look, you're going to wear yourself out. Because if you would move 100 feet over, there's a clear path waiting for you. I mean, there are things that God is asking of you to do right now. And it's, sometimes it's just to take a left and get back on the path. 
and you're out there with machetes and chainsaws and everything else trying to clear your own path, saying, God, I never thought you would make me do this. God can make your life so much better if you would just get on his path. This morning I had such a sense that there are people you were struggling, that you were fighting. You're still moving, but man, you were fighting through so many things that are unnecessary because you just won't get on the path. You won't believe God. You won't trust him. You won't step out in faith and believe that he's provided a way where there is no way. Everywhere that you've looked through the Old Testament, the New Testament, God provided a way where there seemed to be no way. Whenever they were told to cross the Jordan, it looked impossible. But you know what was required for them to put their foot in the water? Until their foot was not in the water, that water stayed there. But the moment that they said, okay, God, I'm willing to take the path you're saying goes through the water, I'm going to put my foot in, and boom, the water's receded. So many of us are like, well, God, there's got to be something obvious. No, God is asking you to require faith to step out, to believe him. Will you believe him? This morning, if that's you, this morning, you say, that's me. I've been staring at this water for weeks, years, months, whatever it may be, saying, God, when are you going to give me a better option? God, when are you going to make this path clear? But now you're saying, God, okay, I, I get it. I've got I've to take a step of faith, and I want to pursue the path that you have for me. If that's you this morning, I want to just ask you by faith just to slip your hand up. I want to know who you are. I want to pray over you this morning. Amen. Keep your hands up just for a moment. And we thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to so many people this morning. Father, you see every hand raised, God. You see every path before them, God. You see the directions. God, you see the things that you are calling them into, Lord. And Father, I pray right now, God, that you would give them the faith to step into the water. God, to step into the unknown, to step out in faith, God, to begin to do what you've called them to do. God, that they would find themselves on this path. That, God, that you, they would begin to see the miracle begin to, to happen. That things would begin to recede. That, God, the path would be clear. That, that Lord, I thank you that you would give them the faith and the strength to endure wherever they're at, in the season that they're at, God, that you would allow them to walk through the season into the next path that you have for them. We love you for it, God. We thank you right now, God. We thank you for the testimonies that will come because of the faith that's activated even this morning. This morning, maybe you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. And you say, I want to make him my, my Savior. I want to commit my life to him. Maybe you've prayed the prayer, but you never really lived it out. You never really committed to that path. And you said, well, it was a good, it was a good prayer, but I really never committed to it. And you say, I want to recommit my life to Christ. I want to give him my heart and my life. If that's you this morning, I want to ask if you would just slip your hand up real quick. And you can set it right back down. You say, I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of mine. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Amazing. I want you to know that God is a good God. and He's for you. He will help you and he will lead you and he will guide you. If you would just pray this prayer with me this morning. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. But I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin. That he rose again on the third day. So I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. God, I ask you to reveal the path that you have for my life. 
God, I commit my, my life to your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give them a hand this morning? If you raise your hand, we want you to know we've got a book for you to help you walk through this journey as a believer. We love, we love when people get saved in this church. Amen. This is what we, this is what we do. 